Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening, and Merry Christmas season to everybody listening. So you're probably listening to this during the octave of Easter, right? Uh, Easter, not Easter. That's where <laughs> We're how crazy our start. minds are. Yes, <laughs> the octave of Christmas. And so uh, we hope that you had a Merry Christmas and a good celebration of the birth of our Lord. And so uh, how how are you doing, Father Paul? And I'm doing I'm doing pretty great. Pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. Living my best life. So sort of. Just because people are they're in the throes with us mm. in in fantasy football. So the amount of uh, listeners okay. we've we've lost probably by talking about fantasy football, <laughs> I don't mind. Um, but just to update everyone, we got six people people, teams make the playoffs. You and two of our friends and then, no, three of our friends and then me and my wife both made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. In a miraculous turn of events, me and my wife got a first round bye. Yeah. Which really we shouldn't have. She deserved it. How did she deserve it? I mean, I love her. She's amazing. But you you won some some pretty scrappy victories. Wow, it's were... like it's gambling or something, <laughs> and we don't know the yes. So the team that went scrappily, like, what about that year that it the Giants beat like the sixteen and O Patriots or whatever? Like that was the, scrappy. The Manning, Eli, yeah, yeah, not that kind of scrappy. This was more <laughs> like you fell backwards into a win because <laughs> the other guy just fell down completely and couldn't make it to the finish line. Yeah, you, like you a won, David and Goliath type. You, you won thing. by default a couple times. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't know about maybe that. they didn't play all their players. Or... No, no, this is this is absurd. Please don't believe this. This is ruining the Christmas. Check season. the stats. Check the stats. So, anyway, now you won your first round. I did. Uh, we have a friend named Handily. Jake, Jacob. <laughs> we have a friend named Jacob. Shout out, listener of the show. So, <laughs> um, he won his first round. So I face him. You face Nikki. So I don't know what I'm here's here. I need some priestly advice. So what do I root for? You root for me to beat your wife in the second round. So you don't have to face her in the finals. Right. Because if I face her in the finals, (laughs) I mean, I have to pretty much just sub out all my players and lay down. You're used to losing to me in many competitions. So I should win. I should win. And then you let you. Yeah. Win and then we can go head to head for the Because if you lose to Jacob, you'll be you'll be kinda kinda mad and like I, I will should be mad. I should have won and Oh well, I don't whatever. know. Him and you have a very good team, I'll be completely yeah. honest. Although you lucked into your team I, I drafted you fell backwards <laughs> into your team. So now that we've lost James the rest Connor. of our <laughs> listeners, let's uh let's get into okay. the podcast. Now we're, done so, with now we're done with fantasy. We'll keep you updated. Uh so okay. Lisa writes us and says, guys, so happy you're back for season two. Lisa, thank you for sticking with us and and listening. She said, listen to this. This podcast is number one on my podcast in Spotify in the year review. So thank you, Lisa. That is awesome. 
Okay, so she asks a question um, that I think is interesting. So let's just start off with it. Would you please cover the topic of where animal spirits go after they die? We recently had to say goodbye to our family dog, and it was very hard and very much on our mind these days. So I know we get this question a lot in youth ministry, in... I feel, I don't know. Do you get it a lot? No. As a priest? Really? Almost never. Yeah. People I, don't ask you that? Well, I'm not, I'm not such a pastoral priest anymore. Yeah, we, we know. I'm kind of a chancery <laughs> priest now. Have my, just, have my nine to five. Right. A desk job. Mm-hmm. Jet setting. Cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> executive. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. More business words. Um, yeah, actually. I don't know. Maybe I got that question a couple times. It feels like more as a seminarian than right. as a priest. Yeah. So you're really the expert. I, I'm the expert. <laughs> so I'm glad that Lisa brought up one thing. Um, we do articulate as Catholics that animals have souls. Just what I've always been taught is that, and this is from background in college, so this is how I'd answer it. I would obviously pastorally say I'm, I mean, I truly am. I know how many, how much kids and families and like you have an animal and you get pretty close with it. So I don't want to minimize any type of loss or anything like that. I think it's hard though in the moment here on earth to, to see how we couldn't want that animal to be with us in heaven. Right. But we don't understand fully like the perfection of heaven and that we're going to be so much in the glory of God that that's not going to matter. Like we're not going to need that animal to be close to God. And so how I talk to teens about it and answer is we do believe they have a soul. We don't believe though that is an eternal soul that is judged. Um, that, mm, that's a good you know, point. like we, when we get to have heaven, when we get to the gates, wherever wherever we go to be judged, right? Where we die, our soul's judged. We have three options. Hell, heaven, purgatory. Shooting for heaven, hoping for purgatory, right? That's my slogan. So right. that's not the case for an animal soul. And so um, where does it end up? That's a great question. I don't know really the where does it end up, but... I I wouldn't say it probably ends up in heaven. And I'm going to, I know I'm crushing some people by saying that, which is why you made me say it. And yeah, not no, you. it's exactly so, why I made you um, <laughs> So Here, let me jump in and save the day. But, yeah. yeah, 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 the pastoral <laughs> person. So, I mean, but, but you know what I mean? It's, it's like the same person who says, well, I'm, you know, I, I love this other thing and I'm going to need that for eternal happiness. And I'm like, yeah, I don't believe that. I think God is enough for the first time in our lives. We live an earthly life that is very hard to comprehend how that heavenly life is going to go, but God is enough in that moment. Nothing else matters. I mean, you're not even maybe to blow people's minds, you know. Your your marriage doesn't exist in heaven is the teaching, you know, because God is enough. So, yeah. It sounds, I'm, I'm so glad that you said all the things that people, <laughs> people hate to hear. <laughs> um, but there's some, some really, like just looking at the way people react, like there's some really important things to learn from it. Um, 
first, I guess a couple points. Um, but the first is that we have a, a longing for eternity, right? When we love someone or something, like we want it to be with us forever. Mm-hmm. We don't always think in those terms, but that's what it tells us. Right. Which means we have a longing for heaven. Right. Um, I think just baseline, that's a really important thing. Right. Uh, to trace out like the trajectory mm-hmm. of where love leads. It leads right. to eternity. Um, second, this happens a lot. I had a conversation with somebody the other day and just sort of a, an offhand comment was somebody kind of expressing their, their prayers for someone who is dying and um, saying like, you know, I, I hope it's over soon so that they can be with their, their loved ones in heaven. And then in this conversation, this person went on to name, you know, like their, their mom, their dad, their sister, their brother, their spouse, like all these different loved ones, but they didn't name God. And that happens a lot. I don't think, I don't think people always connect heaven with God, which sounds kind of like a shocking thing. Right. But I just think like people's image of heaven is much more about being reunited with your, your lost loved ones, which is why like pets fit so naturally in there. Right. You love these pets, even if you're not personifying them or using them as, as like, I don't know. Even if you're loving them properly as pets, you love them and they're part of the family in that sense. Right. And so when you think of being reunited with, with lost loved ones from your family, if that's your, your image of heaven, the main thing is to go be with with dad again or go be with your aunt again. Um, then you're going to kind of want to put the pet up in there. But that's not what heaven is. Like heaven is about joining the communion of the saints. Right. But it's the communion of the saints in communion with God himself. Like he's the one who makes heaven. And that's, I think, where you're going with your point is um, it's kind of telling people that like maybe they're putting their sights too low on what heaven is and what the joys of heaven are. Right. And, and I don't, it, I don't, yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, and just like that has an effect on, I think, our priorities here as well, right? If we don't think of heaven as being about being in union with God, like, I don't know. Do we really put God first today and tomorrow and in our daily life as well? Um, Right. Or is he somewhere at the back of our mind? Yeah. Just like our picture of heaven, perfect happiness, our picture of like what would be the greatest day today right now? Like maybe God's not in that picture either. Yeah. Um, I I think it's, it's really telling and that's not a judgmental thing. It's more like a, like an analytic, like a sort of a diagnostic thing. Yeah. And, and to just show that, you know, we have a heart and care. I mean, I grew up with animals. I don't know. Did you have animals in Bermuda? Okay. If you can consider cats animals. But (laughs) um, I had dogs growing up, guinea pigs, different things. Like, I very much mourn the loss. And I'm sorry, you know, Lisa, for 
that loss that you and your family are going through, because that's a real thing. Like we, Oh yeah. And I truly believe, and I, I hope at some point that we can, um, get a dog because I teach it. It teaches you a lot of things. I think responsibility, but also some true grieving. Like I, I, I appreciate and see the value in families that care so much and, and care for something that it's like, this truly hurts when this animal leaves you. And I think it can teach us something ultimately that as, you know, Americans we've talked about before, we aren't the best at like a grieving process and a really like coming to know the Lord and things. So yeah, we, um, I know there was, I'm trying to remember it. Wasn't there kind of a stirring though about this? I, I was trying to look it up while we were talking didn't Pope Francis say something though? Uh, I mean, he always says something. I, uh, I, I remember there being something um, early on in his papacy, and I don't remember what it is because all I can think of is, didn't is like is somebody the, asked him, "Is my dog going to be in heaven?" and he said yes or something. Right? Wasn't it something like know. that? Something like that. But all I can think of is a satire article mm-hmm. with the title: uh, "Pope Francis confirms cats are indeed going to hell." <laughs> <laughs> like it just. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Okay. So, but, but on that point, like important distinction, let's, let's talk about the soul a little bit and what we mean by that. Like the basic, I mean, even on the level of Greek and and where this word comes from and all that, it's talking about the life, right? The life force, Mm -hmm. the thing that animates um, like the force, like in Star yes, Wars, just like the force, <laughs> the force was in flows through all thing. I don't know. Um, but like, okay. So in, in Latin, for instance, the word for soul is anima, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's animal. where we get our word animate or animal, <laughs> right. right? It's something that is moving that can move of itself. That's, that's what it means on a, a really sort of basic level. And so you're talking about something that's alive that can move itself. So it's different than a plant in that way. Plants right. are pretty passive. Like even like a Venus flytrap, somebody's going to be like, well, actually, you know, plants can, can catch bugs. It's and you're like, going to argue them. And please just email and, Father Paul directly yeah. and not the podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's everybody. take this offline. Um, what we mean by, but so there's there's a big distinction between us and all other animated things, all other things having souls, which is that our soul is immortal. It cannot die. It's made in the image and likeness of God. Um, that's that is we are made in the image and likeness of God as body and soul, and the the life that animates us, our faith teaches, cannot die. That's what it means to be immortal. So. That means that it doesn't get annihilated. It doesn't go into nothingness. Right. right? Um, But what does that mean about all the other things that don't have immortal souls? Well, it means that we don't know for sure what really happens to them. They don't have this this principle of life that perdures Mm -hmm. when the body passes away, awaiting the resurrection of the body and the new creation right Mm -hmm. and so it it wouldn't make sense to think of like the soul of your pet like in heaven or the soul of your pet in purgatory or even in hell like it doesn't 
when the soul is detached from the body, that's the end of that life of that animal. And it's different for us. We have something that right. that remains when the body passes away and awaits the resurrection of the body. Now, that being said, God is the author of life. Um, and he created all things as a reflection of his glory. Um, and in some way, also to give us delight. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And for him to delight in, uh, in the way that God delights in things is much different than us, obviously, because right. he, he doesn't change. But um, I don't know. That all to me and all the talk in Isaiah and in the book of Revelation about a new heavens and a new earth and a new creation and the resurrection of the body, like, I don't think we should think of heaven as something that is disincarnate, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not God's plan. Right. We don't know what it'll look like. St. Paul talks about the the resurrected body um, and says that like there's a lot. Well, we don't know about it. We've just seen Jesus' resurrected body and that it can do some, some kind of crazy things like walk through walls. Um, but we don't know a lot about the new creation. And we certainly don't know what kind of... pets or animals like we don't know if that's a part of it right um and because we don't know that means that we can't say definitively like nope your pets are gone forever right we just know that that they're not capable of merit in the same way that we are so the concept of heaven and hell doesn't make sense and we having a conscience yeah and yeah yeah exactly and and we know that their soul isn't immortal so that when they die, they do pass away, like right. completely. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't bring them back. I don't know. Yeah, like, like we don't know anything <laughs> except right. what Scripture tells us, and the church has expounded from that right. about the new heavens and the new earth. So it's it's kind of a both thing. Maybe it sounds like I'm hedging a little bit. You're the uh, good cop, I'm the bad cop. Yeah, you know. make Joey throw out this thing, and then I'll be like, well, actually, it's more nuanced than that. But, right. I mean, it, it kind of is. Like, people people either want to say, like, yes, my pet was is definitively with me in heaven, which which how can I even say that because I'm working out my, my salvation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't believe that, that heaven is guaranteed. This is the whole drama of salvation. Christ died to offer us this gift of heaven. Right which we have access to through a living and active faith. It's a gift that we can lose. We can choose other things. Right. And just, uh, I mean, that's part of the reason maybe why why when we go through different stages of grieving for different things, um, we have to remind ourselves of the true good that awaits us in heaven. It's so that we don't become so attached to anything but God that we would choose that thing right. over God. So how do you feel about, I've often heard priests respond, though, to this question. I mean, I'll just call it a cop-out, but <laughs> they'll be like, in just a quick response, they'll say, it, if you feel in Man, heaven, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> if you feel like that's like kind of your image and desire of heaven, like, like there's a quick, like kind of cop out of like, 
God's going to give you the desires of oh. y- your your heart kind of like if that's what you need in heaven that's going to be there and I'm like is that just like saying that to kind of skirt the topic you know yeah. like um like, there was a there was a movie which I thought was an interesting movie but it's not like theologically sound what dreams may come did you ever see that with Robin uh, Williams in it it sounds very familiar like he dies and, and heaven basically looks like kind of what he wants it to look like. He's sort of painting this. I only watch heaven as he goes. <laughs> well, you've chosen only the best. How can I criticize you for, um, but go ahead. For so he dies. But it looks like, yeah. And it, it's all sort of this, like at, at least at first, I don't need to go through the whole movie, but it's this, it's this sort of watercolor world where yes. he's like, okay. Or like oil painting world. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sort of like being created according to what are his favorite things and his his best things and like his ideal of of what happiness looks like. And I don't know. I, I don't really... That's a little bit of a subjective way to look at heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and there might be some truth to it because we're made for god and made right. for for eternal happiness like that's what we're created for and so heaven should look like our deepest desires being fulfilled right um because we're made for heaven but it's more that we conform to the reality than the, the reality conforms to us right so sure let me just throw all priests under the bus and say that's a <laughs> that's a cop-out answer um right yeah it's interesting. I found this article while you were talking. It's yeah. it's like called like the popes and dogs, um, like the the history of some that have said things. So this is interesting. Pope Pius the Ninth is among the first popes to fully address the issue of animals going to heaven, though not favorably. He said that heaven is a place re- reserved for those souls um, who have a conscience, which animals don't. He even reportedly have opposed uh, what was it the founding of an animal. Uh, society in Rome in the 19th century. <laughs> you then also have um, John Paul in the 90s proclaimed that animals possess a soul and men must love and feel solidarity with our smaller uh, brethren. Um, he added that animals are the fruit of the creative action of the Holy Spirit and merit respect. So yeah, like yeah. you're not caused like cruelty, right? Like towards animal. Yeah. And then... Pope Benedict XVI also discussed his love of animals and echoed an idea found in Genesis and restated that in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, animals are indeed part of God's creation, therefore should be respected. Uh, He condemned factory farming, a bunch of different things like that. And then Pope Francis, whose papal name refers to the saint who famously welcomed animals as fellow creatures of God, prays in an... uh, what did he say? Praising an encyclical on the environment. Teach us to discover the worth of each thing to be filled in awe and contemplation to recognize that we are profoundly united with every creature as we journey towards God's infinite light. Um, and I think what they're talking about in that one thing with Pope Francis, if I can remember some of it, is I think he was consoling like a child or something like that, mm-hmm. um, which I imagine that's a tough place to be. And I don't want people to hear that we're saying you should tell a child who is upset or grieving like 
yeah, I don't know if their soul's really in heaven. Like, that is not the time. That is not the place. And there's a certain age once people can understand that, you know? Um, I, I I don't know. I, I say that as a parent. Yeah, you I probably, have no idea. You probably disagree we, because... We've been over many times that I have no idea how to talk to kids or what they understand at different ages. And okay, we've told this story before, but we got to tell <laughs> it again. Go into it again. <laughs> So All there right. is a time of first confessions where Father Paul was the par- parochial vicar here. And this just never gets old. I just find this story hilarious. So um, this was before I was in charge of children's ministry because I never would have let you around you children. You wash your hands. Or- uh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a group reconciliation service. And you usually give a little reflection after the homily. Mm-hmm. Just and kind of prepare is, them to go to yeah. confession. And this is where this is I will it turn it over to you. Oh, you're going to make me tell it. All right. Yeah. So, so like I said, I don't, I'm just sort of learning as I go, like what kids understand. I didn't grow up around little kids. I don't really like them. <laughs> I'm kind of, kind of intimidated. I just don't know what they understand. Um, and so I find myself either talking down to him too much or talking over their head or I don't know. Like so, you're talking in height wise. You're just yes, like yes, physically literal talking height. down to them or over <laughs> yes. their head. Yes. Um, and I knew that it was a thing where it's like, okay, when you're, when you're talking to kids, maybe you need to get them engaged and like ask them questions. <laughs> Instead wait, wait, of just pause straight, a second. straight lecture. I knew it was a thing. Like, like, I've, like you're I've talking about like it. some new age phenomenon. <laughs> like, I knew I had to engage my audience. Like, what? It's just not my style. It's oh. never been my style. Gosh. I'm a, I'm a lecture based, uh, magister style of, uh, you know, the teacher speaks and everyone. The student listens. <laughs> And you soak up the the wisdom of the master. So listen, everybody, don't send your kids to first confession with (laughs) Father Paul. It's good that I'm out of parochial ministry. Um, Back into my ministry. It's good that you're picking the future priests of the diocese. (laughs) So anyway, I had all this in my head and I was a little bit in my head uh, too much. And so I was like, okay, I've got to, got to check these boxes. I got to make sure it's engaging. I got to, speak to the kids on their level and I got to get them fired up about confession. And I don't really know where they're coming from right now. Yeah. So the gospel was about, uh, the good shepherd leaving the 99 to go out and seek the one and then bringing him back and everyone rejoices. And so I was like, all right, that may be too abstract for them. Let me bring it down to earth. (laughs) And so I said, Hey, uh, kids, (laughs) Has anybody ever had a pet before? And a bunch of hands go up, and I'm like, good, good, raise your hands, be engaged. And (laughs) second graders, everybody. Yeah. Um, And then I was like, all right, well, the gospel's kind of like this. Like, okay, so those who had a pet, like, did anybody ever lose that pet once, maybe for a while? And, And, like, I wanted to, you know, Quick, quick answer, and then I'm like, and then like, find it. Were you mm-hmm. so happy? I bet you were so happy when you found your pet, and you wanted to go tell everybody. And that's how God feels about us when we come to Him, 
and confess our sins because we were lost and now we're found. And it was all just mapped out so perfectly in my head in the series of question and answers. But instead, I got derailed immediately <laughs> because I said, um, does anybody have a pet? Yeah. Anybody ever lose their pet? And then they're all kind of looking at me. And then one kid on the end, this little boy goes. Raises his hand, right? Raises his hand. I'm like, yes, you. Good. Responding. And <laughs> and he says, yeah, my cat went to the vet and never came back. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anyone, please. <laughs> and then, like, he raised his hand again. I'm like, no, kid, please. And he was like, yeah, but it got lost. And, and I was like. You didn't find it? And he's like, no, never came back. <laughs> and the parents are just, they're all in there, like behind their kids, like yeah. a couple pews back. And it's kind of dark in there. Um, and so I can't like really see all the way to the back and see their faces. But I'm just, there's a thing that happens when you're public speaking, when you kind of lose, you lose it and you start sweating and getting nervous and then it's just like the wheels are falling off and you're just trying to stay on the tracks and just like <laughs> like make your way somehow to the finish line because you've lost all composure inwardly. Oh my gosh. And that's happened a couple times when I've preached before and when I've given talks and it happened here. I was like, I have no idea how to how to get out of this. Can't recover. Just sweating, Abort the mission. Abort the mission. Just starting to sweat through all these layers of, <laughs> of vestments that I'm wearing and and uh, I couldn't seem to get, I think that kid answered one more, one more time. Like I tried to just move on to a different point and then he like raised his hand again and I start like ignoring him on the side. <laughs> so you, it was uh, pretty bad. Yes. You destroyed a little kids. <laughs> and the, the children's minister at the time was in the very back of the church and she came up to me later and was just dying laughing. Cause I was, I was mortified. Right. I was like, yeah. what have I done? I've, you know, scandalize these kids. With, with these well, every parent and, was probably smirking because yeah, they're like, the, yeah, we've all been in this like, situation. Welcome to my, welcome to my everyday life. life. That's why she was cracking up. She was yeah. like, that's now, you know how it feels to be a parent and you're so proud of your kid. And now you know how it feels. Then they say something and you're like, oh my gosh, where'd that come from? That's right. Okay. So we got a few, uh, random questions that came in about, uh, Christmas. So let's just wrap it around it since we're in the octave of Christmas. So as is Catholics, we, we celebrate one of my friends said we, what is Christmas? No Catholics Christmas harder. So, um, shout out to, uh, Marcella. And so, uh, <laughs> of she, uh, I'll give her credit for that slogan, but a few questions about Christmas. Hey guys, what was your favorite Christmas present ever? Like you don't like Christmas? Why? No, Come it's on. just the favorite. All the all the absolute questions always get me because I'm always like, oh, I have a top five maybe, but I don't know how to rank them within that. Give me a few. Uh, I can't even think of that. I don't know. You go first. <laughs> You know, I used to be into, I remember as a kid, I used to be into those 3D puzzles. You remember those? They were yeah. like the foam pieces and you built You'd them. You build like, like Solomon's Temple or something. Uh, Yeah, maybe more like recognized places. Like or like a dinosaur. The Taj Mahal or like the Vatican. I had one. 
I remember getting this just massive one from my parents opening up on Christmas Day, and it was it was so cool to me. Um, I remember getting my first like kind of real nice like football, and it being snowing on Christmas Day, and just going out and kicking that football in the backyard. Yeah, snow. New Jersey. Were you in New Jersey? Yes. Remember when I say like I grew up in New Jersey? Yeah. That's didn't, where I would have been. Didn't on Christmas we have a prior day. agreement that it, you would give forewarning if you're going to reference New Jersey? <laughs> no, that we it's never not welcome in this place. That. Yeah, yeah. I know you were probably like snorkeling on a beach on Christmas of day or something like that. So those were a few of the ones that stick out for me. Um, I think I got a bike one time. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I had many, many wonderful Christmases. And I don't remember any presents at all. Hey, that's a good thing. Um, I mean, I, I definitely, I was really into the presents uh, in the moment. And they were great presents. So shout out to everyone who gave me those presents. <laughs> Mom. Mom. Um, <laughs> but I really can't think of of hardly anything Christmas specific. Um. Mm. Yeah, maybe part of the reason is that I've been kind of gone for so long over Christmas. So centered on the Lord that yeah, no gift compared right. to I'm, his love. I dropped my nets and I just, <laughs> are you quoting like praise and worship songs right no, now? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, so next question. Hey, what was one of your, fa- what was your family's favorite Christmas meal? You probably did something weird with like horseradish sauce, like, you know, uh, yes. Dijon. Yeah, no, that's exactly what? it. Yeah. What'd you do? Beef Wellington. Beef Wellington. Okay. That's where it's a British. puff pastry, right? Puff pastry and like with some like roast fillet? beef or fillet. Or yeah. in- inside it. Mm-hmm. Then you cook it in the oven or what do you do on a grill? I don't know how you make it. It just appeared on the table. My mom would make it. And it was like a special thing. It was so good. Yeah. Right? It was delicious. We would also do like... We'd always call it the roast beast um, for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> and with that, we would have the horseradish mustard as well. The the English, like Coleman's horseradish mustard. Um, delicious. But the beef Wellington was my favorite. I like the puff pastry. Mm. Any pies, honestly, as long as I'm just going down this track, like savory or sweet, especially... Well, I'll need to go more specific than that. But all of a sudden, twelve pies show up at your all door. pies. All pies are welcome. <laughs> all pies are welcome. <laughs> in this place. Yeah, we used to. Uh, uh, my mom would like make the crust by hand of uh, apple pie. So good. It, that's the game changer right there. Mm-hmm. Once we started doing crusts that you could buy in the grocery store, that's people you just turned your nose up at it yeah people, like, nice I, try I mom like i won't even no so my mom's never done it but like you you know nice how try, like nikki <laughs> no nikki's a great no baker. she's actually she's a, a very phenomenal good baker. baker so um we always grew up eating lasagna on christmas day mm. so we would do you know like thanksgiving the turkey all of that stuff and then christmas lasagna. day was always lasagna and you know all Gosh, meatballs doesn't sound olives, good at all wine all of that stuff now we do steak you you've been over our house for christmas day we do that i will i'll give you public accolades <laughs> right now you made a very good steak on christmas day i also whenever i was here one last year one time for you and i still <laughs> yeah, am distraught about forget it. it i hate overcooked steak i might might as well it was fine feed it, it to the dogs <laughs> since we're talking about animals <laughs> right. i mean 
Oh, this is a fun question. Oh, well, there's one more, and then we'll do this fun question then. Um, favorite Christmas movie? I can't really think of Christmas movies. None? Yeah. I think I've just got uh, a little dumb brain going on this morning where it's like, think of a list of things and your mind goes blank. Huh. Okay. The new Grinch that came out. The new Grinch. Like, there's a Grinch. The Grinch. You've heard of the character, the Grinch. We would watch, we would watch, what's the one with... uh, Rudolph? No. Although, okay. Frosty the Snowman? Uh, No. (laughs) Charlie Brown. I forget the name. Yeah, Charlie Brown's a good one. There's that one. Die Hard. With uh, Die Hard's not really a Christmas movie. Well, it's debatable. Just because it's Home set, Alone. Just because it's set during Christmas. Is Home Alone a Christmas movie? No. Huh? None, of, none of these are Christmas movies. This is going to cause great debate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of the names of any of them, but you've got the one with like Ralphie, right? With the. You'll shoot your eye out. Oh, yeah. A Christmas story. It's a Christmas story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We would watch that one all the time. Also, the <laughs> other one that was about like Santa Claus and stuff. Um, <laughs> elf. No, no, no. Like a the elf is great. Like an animated, but like one a stop motion kind of one. Stop. You know, with the abominable snowman. Yeah, and that's that Rudolph. That's Rudolph? It's yeah. just called Rudolph? It's called Rudolph the red <laughs> Reindeer. I don't know if you've ever ever heard of that movie, but yeah, yeah. Rudolph. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just tanking so, the whole, the new Grinch, whole thing right now. I personally like. I'll watch with my kids. Uh, my kids love the Christmas movies, so they're not allowed to watch them until after Thanksgiving, and then they can watch them through the beginning of January, uh, Epiphany, all of that stuff. But... Uh, I like the Grinch. I like um, not a Christmas story is okay. It's there's like a comfort there of like it just kind of being on in the background. Yeah. It's it's a good background movie at this point. In my life. Good... <laughs> and then uh, what's another one like that? Uh, I mean, Elf is great. Have you ever seen Elf? I think I've seen it once. Oh my goodness. It's Will Ferrell, right? Yes, I think you may get kicked off the <laughs> podcast. I I do like, is it also called A Christmas Story, the one with like Tiny Tim? Is that called a, no, that's A Christmas Dickens. Carol. Yeah, that's Dickens. Right. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, but you know, they've remade it with like Christmas the Muppets Carol. and. Oh yeah, the Muppets. Like. You know, I don't know if I've ever read that book either. With like Scrooge and yeah. all that. But you know the story. I mean, yes, but more through cultural references. I'm not sure if I've ever watched it. Oh man, got to watch I did, it. At I our did house. have a friend. Some something that I have to share. Uh, so y'all know that I'm kind of into grammar and stuff, and like all these languages. Buddy, no way, buddy of mine, who's my my classmate at the Biblicum. Uh, we did all these studies together. Uh, he sent me. He's an avid listener. Yeah, I don't know if he ever listens. <laughs> He sent me, I am the ghost of Christmas future imperfect conditional, said the spirit. I bring news of what would have been going to happen if you were not to have been going to change your ways. That is 
future imperfect conditional tense. And on that. Incredible. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Made me so happy. That's how I know Christmas Carol. (laughs) There you go. And to round it out, if you were to get a dog tomorrow, what kind would you get? I would get. If you say I wouldn't get a a dog, I would get get the closest thing to a cat. Poe Bendict was a cat person, I think. That's why you resonate with his spirit. <laughs> yeah, more than JP too. Listen, um, I, I would get the mix of... a. would get a poodle. They're, okay. very, they're very smart. They're the least dog-like of the dogs because they're very smart. So I think I would get a poodle mix, you know, because they've... I thought Labradoodle... You can mix them? Oh, yeah, they're great. <laughs> I'm kidding. Especially, I don't know. Labradoodles you probably, are great. You probably don't know this, but the, you, do you know why they've been mixed so much and people like that? Not just because they look cute, but... No, for like hunting and different purposes. Even like more to than take that, care they don't and shed and they're like... Uh, oh, hypoallergenic. Hypo, hypoallergenic. So there's yeah. a mix between a Bernice and a Poodle. A Bernadoodle. Bernadoodle. I, I like the name. I don't know what a Bernice or a is. Or Bernoodle. Or a mix between a St. Bernard and a Poodle. Wouldn't that be Those cool? Those are big dogs, right? Would that be a St. Bernoodle? Uh, Just really a mix a between Bernard. If we weren't Saint having Bernard. another child, my kids could probably convince me to get a dog right now. But being that like baby number four is coming, I don't know. It's pretty... Add a baby, add a dog. You got to take care of the dog. I don't know. Just yeah, gets a lot. I'm not into into the thing. You're I, I wouldn't the get a dog. thing. <laughs> I wouldn't get a dog. caring for yeah. caring for a, a life. <laughs> no, I live too much of an executive jet setter life. Now. Oh my gosh. Well, hey, hopefully everybody had a great Christmas. If you didn't, we're praying for you, Lisa. Thank you for submitting the question. That guy did our show today, um, and we hope you guys reach out to us at prodigalandthepriest at gmail or stamparish.org slash ptp. Merry Christmas. God bless. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Scrooge.